0: Welcome to the work of warriors, a podcast dedicated to bringing mental wellness to the entertainment industry. I'm your host, Kim Ravage. This podcast is dedicated to the artists we've lost to mental health, addiction and suicide and to those who are still suffering in silence. Hello. I am excited to introduce to you today a new friend of mine. Her name is Leanne Phelan. She and I share a common love and passion for bringing wellness to the music industry. Leanne created LP Creative Therapy, where she mentors and educates songwriters, artists, producers, and creative executives through workshops, private sessions, and courses. Leanne calls her unique brand of encouragement Creative Wellness Coaching. Her and I are in alignment with our goals and our mission. And I am so excited to introduce to you today Leanne Phelan. Hi, Leanne. Welcome. Welcome to the Work of Warriors.
1: Hi, Kim. We've been we've been trying to do this for a while and finally we're here. So thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. I was just telling our listeners that we are in alignment with our values. We both have a passion for bringing wellness to the music industry. But I was wondering, could you tell our listeners a bit about your background in the music industry as well as why or how that aligns with your passion for wellness? Because you have an impressive resume and CV, and I think it would be helpful if people knew some of your background. Would you share some of that with us?
1: Let's see. I actually started as a singer, <laughs> um, and and somehow made it out of West Tennessee to be able to tour the world as a background singer for Steve Winwood. Um, so I know I have a soft voice, but at one time I was holding down the Shaka Khan parts to Higher Love. And I think that's on my mind because we recently had a reunion at the vocal studio where I grew up and I got to see all the people I used to sing with where, you know, where it started. Um, On the music industry side, I actually started in publishing and that was such a great fit for me because I was someone who was coming from pop music and. Living in Nashville, country kind of became pop music in the nineties. So that, like I said, was a really good fit. And I went from publishing to A and R at Sony Records, from Sony to working on American Idol, and being a preliminary judge for American Idol, which was so much fun. And um, it's interesting how that came together because country artist Carrie Underwood had had so much success, so they wanted a country A&R person on the road. And thankfully I got the call. I still have great friends from those days. And I went into songwriter management. Then I went over to co-head ASCAP um, in Nashville, the creative team. And then I started my own company, which... um is you know during that time of uh covid <laughs> so it's it's constantly been a building exercise but it has turned into a dream that i had that i didn't think i would be fulfilling until i was much older because i had a dream for a creative retreat for creatives of all types just to be able to come and like shut down from the outside world and just work on their art. And now I get to do that on zoom and meet people from all over the world. So in general, that is the, the, you know, grazing each little bit of my career so far. And the second part of your question, you know, how does that play into wellness is a little bit deeper story for me and I've thought about this quite a bit as as LP creative therapy has developed because I didn't realize that my style of working with people my mentor growing up so when I was in voice lessons at 9 years old and and being a very shy person I didn't fall out of bed singing. I kind of learned on the job. I learned during those lessons and just being committed to music and trying to get better. And one day at that studio that I just was in last Sunday for the first time in many decades, um, my teacher had, well, I our group came out to do their number and it was during a dress rehearsal and two of the other sopranos didn't show up for dress rehearsal. So for the first time I was adjusting the microphone to my voice and, and we did the song and my teacher stopped playing and shouted me out in front of all the kids. And I, I thought we were in trouble for some reason at first because that didn't happen during a dress rehearsal. You just, you know, do it like it was a show. But he called my name and he told me that he heard every note to the soprano part. And that was a shift in me that I got that encouragement that I needed that maybe I could be a singer. And I just started working really hard at that point. So, in doing LP creative therapy work with songwriters and creatives, even business executives, I realized that I'm giving them basically what I got when I was 11. I want them to have that shift where somebody looks at them and he didn't say, you're the greatest singer I've ever heard, but he just basically said, you did a great job and I'm recognizing you. And he's someone that I really respected. So yeah, that encouragement piece is kind of the foundation of what I'm doing now. And really what I've always done, because I've always met with songwriters and helped develop and encourage them um, just to maximize their talent and and help them feel supported along. What is a crazy journey?
0: Yeah, and I wonder, you know, I think all artists and I think all of us, right, that's what we're seeking is to be known for our gifts, right? And to be able to shine and share them whatever they are. But have you in your career experience, whether personally, or as you know, a professional in the industry, have you witnessed any of the opposite of that, where people are not calling out the gifts, but they're actually, you know, using shame to get somebody to perform better or to compete, you know, or anything like that. Do you have any of those experiences like that, where you've seen like, "Mm, that's not, that's not how I would do it.
1: I haven't seen it as much as I've heard about it. Yeah. You know, because I'm doing things just the way that I intuitively have been doing it and in general I'm I'm a more compassionate person and even even so um I can there's there's been a handful of people that maybe took something that I said in in a way that I didn't intend and I think it's very easy as a creative person especially when you're on the edge and you haven't been validated yet to just Hang on to those things that you can construe sometimes as negative. Um, I'm I'm remembering an example of that there's a a friend of mine. He's actually been a guest on my workshop, and he's an amazing writer. But he was in an ASCAP workshop, and I I wasn't the leader of it, but I came in to help with some song feedback, and I. I'm, I've, I don't think I've, if I have, I, i it's not my intention to just like really blast somebody for something. I'm always trying to find out or find what's good about that and, and talk about those parts. I want to be real, but I want to leave people with hope and encouragement. But my friend Josh said, um, and we were in a private session He said that something that I said in that workshop just really made him mad and that he went home after that workshop and he was just, you know, he was fuming and he he had this moment of clarity where he was like, you know what? I'm not going to like go out all night and party. I'm going to like, I'm going to read something good and I'm going to, you know, read something that will fill my soul up and get some good sleep and get up in the morning. And so he said he did that and ultimately it ended up helping him. But when he told me that on a private session, and the reason I'm telling you is because I said, oh my gosh, will you please come tell that during the workshop so that people will know, you know, when you do get feedback that you don't want, like you can handle it one of two ways. You know, and he handled it a really great way. And then, you know, we got to know each other and I've helped him, uh, you know, get to his first publishing deal and things like that. So, um, yeah, it's as creatives, I think we're, we can be very fragile, um, and sensitive because that's the nature of being a really creative person and, if there's a way that you can have a more groundedness about yourself, where you're not letting every little thing hit you, um, in a way that's really negative, or if you're able to have the tools to realize like, Oh, that just hit me. But wait a minute. I know what this is. This isn't about me. It's about them. And, it's an opinion business. And let me just take some deep breaths here and move through this and then get back to work. You know, um, I think that's a better way to handle things.
0: For sure. And I love the story. And it, to me, like when I hear how Josh chose to handle that, that's so much in alignment with, you know, the whole purpose of this podcast, right? Is a warrior is someone who chooses to fight for themselves in healthy ways so that mm-hmm. they can bring their gifts into the world and enjoy their success. And I feel like that story is perfectly in alignment with our mission, right? Like, wait a minute. I'm gonna do it different. I'm gonna do something healthy. I'm gonna do something positive. And I'm gonna make something of what makes me feel bad into something good. And then just the relationship with you and how it built and the publishing deal, like that's that's what we're wanting. And I, you know, I just wanna You know, reiterate a warrior is someone who chooses to fight for themselves first, and that's what Josh did. Right? Mm -hmm. He could have went out, party, trashed your name, or whatever, been really mad all night, (laughs) and maybe he, you know, maybe he realized it or not, but he chose himself, and I think it's beautiful.
1: He did, and it's so easy to become defensive when you're not that thing yet. You're not the thing that you so desperately want to be. And you can take things in a way that are detrimental to you. Mm -hmm. But um, I could probably, whatever it was uh, was I said, I could probably use the same terminology now if he asked me advice on one of his songs and he would be like, okay. Because he's um, he is a number one hit songwriter now. You know, and... Um, I think, I think when you kind of, I think a couple of things, I think when you're on a particular journey creatively and you hit the mark that you think was that mark for you, I think you can like take a breath, you can take a beat, um, but then you're either On another mountain with the same set of things you're trying to accomplish, or you might still be on the same mountain going like, Oh God, I got to do this again. Like, how I'm going to, you know, how am I going to do this again? So I hope that, that at least the people that are coming to my classes, like, I hope they can hear enough stories and realize that enough people are feeling the same way about these things that when they get to those points, they can remember, you know, Oh yeah. You know, Josh had some feedback he wasn't excited about, but he pushed through and he has, you know, a eight week number one song or what, you know, that, that you can just know that even the most successful songwriters and artists are going through that dip constantly. And I, that's. One of the main things I like sharing and and highlighting in the workshops is just, um, you know, remembering that some of the most successful songwriters have had three and four publishing deals, you know, and when you're in year six or seven and you haven't been recognized yet, you know, it's, it could be just around the corner for you. And I think it's that way in a lot of the arts, not just songwriting, but that's um, the easiest one for me to, to talk about.
0: I'm so glad that you mentioned that because you and I have talked a lot about that before where artists go through just such extreme highs and lows. And, you know, like you said, when you're not that thing yet, and I think something that artists forget about is that there's a whole world full of people who aren't trying to be that thing. And what I mean by that. So I'm not a musician, right? I'm a coach. And so when, when you were telling the story about how you had to adjust the mic for the first time for your voice, I felt a little like, ugh, like anxiety, like that would be terrifying for me because that's not who I am. Right. But all of us, regardless of what we're doing, I think we are more than what we realize. So when you say like, well, when you're not that thing yet, people forget, right? Like, oh, wait, I've been on the stages. You know, first it was, I wanted to, you know, sing in front of a crowd and then it was a stage and then it was a bigger stage. And then I wanted a record deal. And it's like, we keep moving that goalpost when oftentimes people think I haven't made it yet. And it's like, you are a musician you are an artist, embrace that. And can we put less stock into the outcome and more into the process and relax into that timeframe? Because we do, I think we forget, you know, I think that's a lot of, you know, again, my passion behind this podcast is people are doing amazing things. Artists are doing amazing things and they're forgetting how much goodness they're already bringing into the world whether they have a crowd of, you know, five or 50 or 5,000 or 500,000. Can you allow yourself to be who you are without the title so that you can enjoy the whole process along the way? Because we do, we move that goalpost and, you know, with, with jobs and gigs and deals, it's always the, the peaks and valleys, right? There's an, like you said, now you're on a new mountain, right? And it's just gonna, it's just the process and it's not personal and it's certainly not a reflection of where you've not made it. Does that make sense?
1: It does. I just just while you were talking about that, you know, a, a lot of times I don't look at creative pursuits as different as other entrepreneurs. Um but yeah. there is a difference in that If you're on a track to be an artist or that is what you're going for, I mean, there is pressure to try to get as much accomplished in your youth as you can. I mean, just, just because of what we, what we see working, you know, so, so that is a pressure on a lot of people. Um but outside of that i i think that if you're a songwriter and you're you're putting too much pressure on yourself on the business side and you're doing all these things before you've taken care of the songwriting then i i feel like you would have a lot better success if you let the song speak for you first And you learned as much as you can about that. And you have to realize that a lot of it is getting through all the mediocre songs. You know, you just like you learn something. You probably learn something every time you do your podcast, you learn something new and, you know, tweak it a little bit. That's the same as going in the studio or building a track or writing a song or, um, playing a gig, you know, you're you're constantly having those at bats where you're improving, improving, improving. And that is also part of anybody's career. I was thinking about this the other day. So I um I'm kind of a serial retreat attendee. I've been going to retreats and and doing all that stuff for a long time and Years ago, I went to the Chopra Center and I just, I, I heard Deepak speak on a show that was on the Sundance channel called Iconoclast. This was a long time ago and I just really connected with his teachings. So I went out to this retreat at the Chopra Center and then I started, um, doing these meditations and more recently I have a couple of really cool like 21 day meditations that, that I just do over and over again. But I was in my car the other day and the Bluetooth connected and this old one came up and I'm used to this structured Deepak meditation every morning and it's so good. And the music's good and it's got the same, you know, I know when you, you know, you get a little lesson, you get ready to do the thing, but the old one, it scared me when it came on. It was like, welcome. Like it, and I was like, what is this? And so I just thought, oh my gosh, even Deepak started recording, you know, his meditations and started somewhere and it wasn't all that good. It was good at the time, but you know, to compare to where they are now, it's a whole nother ballgame. So it's, it's not just with songs and songwriting. It's, with you and your podcasts and you and your coaching. And, you know, my, my first workshop in 2020, I had the little camera that sticks on top of the computer screen and it was really fuzzy. And my first guest was Bobby Braddock and, and he was like this the whole time. And it was just, you know, it was crazy. And so we were all just growing and doing. And as you said, Kim, I th- I think, you know, I I hate to like talk at bumper stickers, but the journey of it all is our life, our actual life. And no matter what you're doing, if you're not having fun doing it, then there's no purpose in doing it because the little moments getting up to it. And I'm not saying like, can you overcome some things? Are you having an excited kind of fear, you know, at some levels. Yeah. And that might be kind of fun. Like it's kind of like riding a roller coaster, but I talk a lot about one of my first speaking gigs that just randomly happened, um, was from a mom whose eight year old liked to write songs and some, somehow she got to me and I was like, sure, I'll meet with her. And I, you know, obviously had to talk to her mother and we hit it off. And she hired me to come speak to her employees. And it was a sizable company. And it, at the time it was on Zoom, but I basically spent six months meeting with her and, and planning this thing out to talk to these salespeople. And it was this great journey. And it was a little scary and out of my comfort zone. And there was one call with the other executives where they popped in and popped off. And I thought, oh, well, they hate this. I'm not. And then they're like, no, we would love to have you come. And so we got to that point. And even the day of, it was in the middle of summer, the air conditioning quit working in my house. So I was like sweating going, oh, my gosh, I'm already nervous to do this thing. And I'm pouring sweat anyway, got through it. And then it was over. And then I'm looking outside my window here. I, you know, got the dogs and we went to walk down the street like we always do. And I was thinking about it. I was still on the adrenaline of, you know, having spoken to people in corporate about collaboration. And I was thinking about all the little pieces, like when I met the daughter and the mom and then, you know, all the pieces. And I just thought, oh my gosh, like. It really was the journey. Like that was just a glaring example of it wasn't the 30 minutes I was on Zoom. It was creating a topic. It was practicing. It was, you know, 25 years of experience that went into even coming up with something and thinking about the business side and the creative. And and it that has helped me enjoy my own process in my own business. And I, I want other people to enjoy that too, because if you're mad, like this, if we go back to songwriters, if you're frustrated and mad that people haven't heard your music yet, and you don't have anybody on your team, you don't have champions or you can't find co-writers and all that. And you aren't grateful for the process of getting the ideas and writing the songs and the time you spent, if that wasn't joyful for you, then you're missing a big part of what that career looks like.
0: Yeah. And I think, you know, it goes back to, you know, when you were talking about artists in general, you know, having more of a tendency to be more sensitive, right. To constructive feedback and that sort of thing. And I, I think that is where a lot of people, um, who enter, you know, any form of artistry or, you know, where you're putting your gifts directly out in the world, right? Entrepreneurship, you know, musicians, actors, poets, painters, whatever. But if you are tying your identity to someone else's approval, you are going to suffer. And, you know, it back to Josh, but if you can choose yourself first, if you can choose to love yourself And to know, I am who I say I am, you know, I'm loving, I'm loyal, I'm kind, I'm creative, I'm funny, I'm, you know, I'm a good mom, whatever it might be, and really stay true to your values, your boundaries, and your belief system, and have the courage to keep going, taking constructive feedback, most importantly, taking care of yourself, physically, mentally, spiritually your, I believe, you know, and you kind of touched on this, I believe you will be far more successful. And I also think that not only will you be more successful, you will actually enjoy it. You know, you've seen people, I've seen people we've both worked with people who have had success, but still aren't happy or aren't maybe kind to themselves or still don't believe in themselves or still wrestle with shame. And so I think having that foundation of who am I, And what are my values and boundaries? What am I willing to do and not do? And can I allow myself to enjoy this beautiful ride where I don't know where it's going to end? I know where I want it to end, and I'm going to give it everything I have. But man, I'm going to enjoy it along the way, too. I think that's... I don't know. Really I think that's the best way through. Like you said, it's a it's a tricky. What you how did you call it? You said it's a it's a tricky business. Um, it's complex. You know, I always say it's a complex industry. It's opinion based. You're putting your your soul and your heart out into the world, and mm-hmm. not the whole world's going to love it. So you better right. You love it, and you love you, so that when those people with whether it's constructive feedback or unfortunately the world we live in, downright. Hateful comments that you have the resiliency to know who you are at your core, irregardless of someone else's opinion or your success
1: i I think too, getting down to the real reasons why you're you're doing something is important, and I mean we we can just look in the world and and look at that top tier of successful people. And there, there is going to be a tier to it. You know, some people are going to reach this level, some, this, and this, um, you have more control of, of the level that you reach than you realize. I think a lot of times, Um, people think that it's in the hands of others, it's in the hands of gatekeepers and things like that. Well, I mean, if you're taking care of the art that you're making and it's something that is, is coming from a a real place in you, then, then even with this, you know, you have, and for those listening, your phone, um, you have a lot, you know, of control right there in your hand. Again, like, I think you have to take care of your art. I think, um, it's, it's funny. I'm actually doing a class on this, um, this coming Saturday. So when the podcast comes out, this class will have passed, but hopefully I will be doing it again. It's called finding your voice. And a lot of uh developing writers listen if you weren't driven and and creative in the first place you wouldn't think this but most writers i know think they're ahead of where they actually are they they think their songs are better than maybe an industry person thinks because they hear so much stuff you know and and the more levels you add into that, the, the more your songs got to pop through. And right now, like your songs got to break through the noise on these streaming platforms. So you're essentially up against Beyonce and Taylor Swift, if you want to want to put it that way. But I do think that as a creative, um, defining where you're like, what is your goal? What is going to make you happy and changing your perspective a little bit? Like there could be some really great things that you could be doing where you are. You could be hosting a writer's round at your favorite club and that way you're meeting more writers and you're also um, making a little money. Or if you are doing a job so that you can come home and paint at night or whatever it is that you do. Can can you look at that job differently? Like even like if it's a mindless job, can you kind of be grateful? Like, oh gosh, I've, all I have to do is, you know, whatever, fold these clothes. And I can think of songs all day while I'm doing that. And I can you know, write my titles down on my notes in the phone, like, can you change your perspective about whatever it is you're having to do to support your art? Um, because we're, we're not all, I mean, I don't even want to say Taylor because what she's done is just light years above most any other artist, but, um, you know, not everyone is going to have a sustainable career in it. So, so can you figure out how to be happy while you're trying? And that involves, like I said, maybe a perspectives change about where you are. Maybe it's a job change. That's a little more creative that either gives you more time or, um, gives you more perspective at that particular job. Maybe I'm thinking of uh, the hit songwriter Cara DiGuardi. I believe that she worked at Billboard when she was younger and she became, you know, chart-topping songwriter herself, um, among many other things, successful publisher. She was a judge on American Idol um, during the years I worked on the show. Um, but just that knowledge about working at billboard and learning how charts worked and who all the writers were like, maybe there's something like that you can do that, that pertains or applies to your artistry. Um, and then there's just the perspective of, you can actually influence things where you are, you know, there's. There's nothing wrong with, um, as a matter of fact, I was in a band like this for many years, just a bunch of guys that had a job and they loved to play music and we had a horn section. And so it was a lot of seventies music, but we played almost every weekend and we had so much fun. It was fun to rehearse. It was fun to, you know, so there's just so many ways to be creative and to enjoy it. and and be healthy about it.
0: Yeah, I love that so much. And I think it's just such good permission that like you said, for every career, that's what we all need, right? Like we have to kind of detach a bit from the end outcome, still keep it in our hearts, still go for it. But also, in you know, finding those ways along the way to enjoy it. And I love how you how you phrase it, and you say, take care of your art. You know, and you're not saying like, you know, hone your skills. It's it's more like I hear it from a heart matter, like take good care of your art because your art is your heart, right? It's your heart and soul. Mm-hmm. And so to take care of that. And I love the way that you say that. Um, I guess I would ask because you are set, you like your energy is so peaceful and you do, you have this, you know, this impressive background in the industry, and you have a lot of experience, and you're still, you know, you're a teacher, you're an educator, you're you know, um, you know, a therapist of sorts and you, um, pour into people, but you have this positive, kind, loving, peaceful energy and still in a complex industry. And so what do you do on a regular basis? I heard you, I heard you say you walk your dog, but what do you do for general, like physical and emotional wellness or mental wellness? along the way that helps you stay grounded. As you're building a business, you know, you're also an entrepreneur. So Leanne, what do you do on a regular basis to be able to show up just in the beautiful way that you do?
1: I appreciate that question. And the fact that you um, say that I'm calm and peaceful. I like that. I, I uh, got to move into this house about 10 years ago and and it's funny i was drawn to this statue and i it's it's in my house now and you know i've got to build so but this statue was like the first thing that i got and the name of it is called the lady of compassion and i thought that is so weird that i was drawn to this Statute and she's missing a a hand. So I really liked that, you know, like it was imperfect and and all that. But, um, I, I do a lot of things to kind of keep myself, um, in, in line, so to speak. And on my best days, I am, uh, my best days actually start the night before. So I have to do the right things the night before, which is not eat dinner too late. Not, I've, I've actually gotten in the habit lately of, um, drinking this kombucha with dinner instead. I, I always loved a glass of wine, but now I'm drinking it. It's, it's a pomegranate kombucha and it just is so good. Um, so anyway, it starts the night before. And, you know, just doing all the things that will set you up for a good day the next day and not eating too late and not like getting to bed too late. But my best days start when I'm up early. And honestly, I love to meditate when the sun's coming up. And I actually have a screen porch at my house and my niece will tell you that no matter the weather, I go out on the screen porch. Like if it's cold, I go. If it's snowing, I go. If it's rain, I like starting it outside as the sun is coming up. That's my most favorite time of day. It's the most creative part of the day. And I like to get the meditation in. I like to stretch and I like to write in the mornings. Um, those are my favorite things and then i have to walk the dogs really quick but if i get those things done um the writing can either be getting you know getting all the worries out on paper or it can be maybe an idea that i received while i was doing all my stuff you know um and so that really sets me up to come into the office and figure out what those most important pieces are of the of the day um I, and you know there's always going to be stuff that pops up that you don't um anticipate but if if i have just a smaller list of inspired action steps then that's what i want to take care of first so that feels feels good to me i would say also I have a handful of friends that I feel like are rocks for me. And it's interesting because a couple of them I don't talk to a lot, but they're there when I need to talk and vice versa. And in general, they're friends that understand me spiritually and We're just in alignment on a lot of different things, creativity being one of them, but just, they're just such a support. And, and those are my go-tos right now.
0: I love that you started with on my best days, because I think it's so, you know, it's so common for artists, you know, highly driven people, creatives, entrepreneurs to try to work their way to their success. And sometimes slowing down and taking care of ourselves can feel like a hindrance or like, we don't have time for that. And it's not what's going to get us to the finish line, but it really is. And Mm -hmm. so I love that you started with on my best days. And I also love that you mentioned, um, you know, my best days start the night before. You know, I love the quote that says, leave it. And this really changed things for me. Leave it how you want to find it. So Mm, the night before I set up my coffee and my water and my, you know, make sure my AirPods are charged for the gym and I set up my gym clothes and, you know, are the keys hanging on the hook by the door? Like it sounds really obsessive, but um, it's what sets me up to make sure that I make it to the gym because Mm -hmm, a lot of times mm -hmm. those things that are best for us that set us up are hard to get started. And, you know, especially in the Midwest when it's snowing and you know, it's cold, but, um, (laughs) I love that you said you start the night before and it doesn't have to be perfect. And one other thing that you said that is so powerful is surely there are going to be things that come up in your day that you didn't plan for. And that can be from an inconvenience to a tragedy, right? But when we are in alignment with ourselves, when we are attuned to ourselves, taking care of ourselves, building that resiliency, when those inconveniences happen, or when someone disappoints us, or something tragic happens, we have more resiliency to know, I I can handle this, I have what it takes. You know, one of my favorite quotes right now, I don't know if it's a quote, but I tell myself, I'm grateful for everything that's going well. (laughs) And I have resiliency for everything that's not. And that helps me navigate the highs and lows of everyday life in my career
1: i want to want to speak to what you're saying um because it's so important right now i and as as creatives and just human beings in general, there is so much that is upsetting that's that's happening, and so there is a greater need than ever to, to take care of ourselves. And it can feel very selfish, you know, to just think, well, how can I, you know, do this meditation when X, Y, Z is happening in the world. And I, I just want to address that and say a couple things that have helped me. I do have a mastermind group. That I meet with every Thursday. And I'm not going to say specifically what's it because this could air at any moment, but um, there was something very tragic going on in the world, and just processing it with this group of like minded people on Zoom where you could just let the tears flow. You know, and and we ended up on that call just talking about people could just raise their hand and just say one kindness that they had seen um, that had been done for them, and people started sharing, and like the tears were and it just really, even though we couldn't do anything, at in that moment about what was happening in the world, it was just good to feel that connection with the with the group, and. I'm, you know, I don't have kids. So when I was saying my morning routine and everything, I, I think about parents a lot that, that have so much going on that they're, you know, they'd have to get up at three in the morning to have the kind of routine that, that I have and, and am so grateful for, um, but maybe they can find those spaces at a different part of the day hopefully because i think parents in general have to really you know schedule that time out to to take care of themselves but um back to the mastermind group and just finding a place where you can connect with other like-minded people um that was very helpful and then another thing that i've i've recently been leaning into is guided breathwork meditation. I think that can be so powerful in releasing stuff that we're holding onto in the body. And there are so many people that are struggling with anxiety. And I had that issue 2020, 2021. Um, It was like a culmination of a lot of different things. And and breathwork really helped me. um, And now, you know, Some people choose different avenues, but I, I felt like the anxiety that I was experiencing could be something that I could work through without medication or anything like that. And, um, it, it, that breath work, like if you really find a great teacher and you can really, um, drop into it, I've, I've just had a lot of success with it.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of power within ourselves. And that, you know, that is the work of a warrior, right? To find what is Mm. within you that's healthy, that you can access. And to start with, I am worth taking five breaths before I start my day. I'm worthy of pausing before I enter into this meeting or make this phone call or, you know, send off this proposal. And it's important to just really focus on taking care of ourselves. And yes, we love the parents who have the additional responsibilities and it's so hard to find time. But again, we have to be careful not to wrap our identity solely in another person, even via our child, right? Because what happens is we lose that connection. And so, you know, to give parents permission to have a messy house and messy dishes but a healthy connection to their children and to be able to model wellness. I think we need to give people more permission to do that. So I have two more questions for you, Leanne. Um, The first one is if there's somebody who's listening now, you know, the, the big ultimate goal with the work of warriors is to end celebrity suicide. We have far too many people, you know, believing this false narrative that, being successful or famous or rich or a million followers is going to be the answer. And we see over and over and over that that is just not true. And you've spoken so eloquently and beautifully about what actually builds a beautiful life as an artist and I appreciate that. If someone were to be listening now and of course this doesn't replace mental health, you know, treatment or care, but if someone's listening and they're struggling and they're thinking about giving up whether it be their career or maybe even with their mental health, what is something that you would hope that they would hear? Or what is something you would say to them?
1: This is such an important question and I've I've never gotten this question before, but I want to say to somebody that is feeling like that, that they aren't alone. And there are a lot of ways if they could just reach out. There are a lot of of companies that have Uh, an opportunity for you to reach a mental health professional or I actually feel like there are a lot of people in the world that are kind of tuned into this, this type of health emergency that you're having. And I think that if you can reach out It would be the best thing to do. It's just, just like I was talking about with that mastermind group to have a place where there are, I don't necessarily know these people, um, one-on-one. It's just, we all are drawn to this class because we want to learn. And, and if there's a, some place where you can connect like that and you can feel that some of the the feelings that you're having that other people are having too. And you can be in a place where you're not judged for being depressed or being more than depressed, you know, being at that suicidal moment where you could actually express yourself. Kim, as a coach, when you, do you find that people who are <laughs> far down the ladder in, in feeling that way, like, is it, is it something that is possible for them to like, feel like they could reach out or is that kind of a symptom of, of being, being kind of, you know, so unwell that you don't feel like you can reach out?
0: I think that's a great question. And you know, that's what I want to do. I want to normalize the conversation around, you know, just normalizing the act of reaching out. Because there's so much shame still in 2023. There's still so much shame in struggling with mental health. And you know what, you and I have talked, like I I think we've been conditioned to think that there's people who have mental health issues and there's people who don't. And I just don't see it that way anymore as, you know, a former therapist, now a coach. I think we all have a story and we all have a nervous system and we all get triggered and younger parts of us come forward and we have to normalize The complexity and the fluctuation of our emotions and our nervous system. And so, when you are in the dark, and I myself have been in the dark in my darkest days, I truly believe in my head that, you know, my family would be better off without me. And in those dark places, I believe that. Now, I don't believe that when I'm regulated, when I'm well. Mm -hmm. And that is Mm -hmm. why I fight so hard for my wellness, because I don't want to feel that again, if I can avoid it. And so I think when people reach out, and like you said, to know, um, you know, the work of warriors, especially is about a lot of people who've been there, and who are now thriving. And it's, you know, just like in any other areas of our career, but in our personal life to know someone else has been there. And the first thing that you said, which is nearly the first thing everybody says, when I ask that question is, you're not alone. You're not alone because people have experienced the darkness and have made it out. And you're not alone because there are so many people from therapists to coaches to mentors to mental health professionals to organizations to nonprofit organizations who want to help you and who see you and who do not connect your productivity or your success to your humanity. So yes, it's really hard to reach out when you feel that low. It's really hard to reach out when all you can think about is not wanting to feel pain anymore. But when you learn your worth and you learn to take care of yourself and you learn how to not take things personally and how to take care of yourself and you start to thrive, you build that resiliency and life becomes a lot more beautiful and there is so much beauty. And if you keep going and you ask for help and you, Take care of yourself. Like amazing things are waiting on the other side.
1: I think so many people are going to get so much benefit out of what you just said, because you have been there and, and you have your own journey as to how you are here with your beautiful smile today, you know, and I, that's way more potent encouragement than anything i could give to someone at at those doubts i you know i think any time you've experienced something it it just lands more solidly with people i love what you what you said you know um and i i think that's going to be very helpful you'll have to guide me here with your expertise but one thing that has helped me as well is i have certain mentors that i listen to even on youtube you know which is free um if you want to withstand the commercials but <laughs> i i listen every day to something that that is feeding me and even, you know, some days I tune into it more than others. Like some days I'm right there going, oh my gosh, I can't believe I clicked on this one because that's exactly what's happening. And other days it's almost like background, but it's soothing to me. And that really helps lift me up at the beginning of the day's too. I'll, I'll turn that on while I'm, you know, brushing my teeth and making my bed up. And it's just like already starting with the good input, you know? and. I honestly, Kim, I think it's rewired my brain a little bit to start my day off with just like good stuff, good stuff, good stuff, you know? Yeah,
0: well, it absolutely does because, you know, we we all have a nervous system, right? And so if the first thing you do, if let's just say you have a poor night's sleep, and the first thing that you do is roll over and pick up your phone and look at what's happening in the rest of the world, There's terrifying things happening in the world. There's chaotic things happening, not to mention the mere act of scrolling is just hard on the brain first thing in the morning. Right. And so Mm -hmm. that can just start your day off with a lack of hope, um, with a dysregulated nervous system even. And so, you know, what you were talking about earlier, you know, when at your best, I, you know, for me at my best, it starts the night before, but the morning is I have it on my list. I don't look at my phone until for 30 minutes after I'm awake, and after I have done my morning journaling, and my morning routine, which is there's specific steps I have in my journaling, but also it is that 10 minute video, or podcast or whatever of someone that's motivational, someone who has overcome adversity, who is thriving, Mm -hmm. um, who is taking care of themselves, who is promoting other people, pouring into other people, giving their gifts to the world. That's huge. And it does Mm -hmm. change your nervous system because you are, you know, your nervous system, it's like when you drink water, when, if you're not a big water drinker, but you start drinking a lot, you're like, Oh my gosh, I need more, right? Your body will crave what you need. And so when you start with, You know, you were talking about starting your mornings outside, like science shows. If you can get up and have 10 ounces of water and go put your feet on the grass, you know, and if it's too cold, just step outside for a second. It shifts your nervous system and the hormones and the chemicals. And I'm not a behavioral scientist by any means. And I can't pretend to understand how. I just know what I feel. And they're Mm -hmm. right. (laughs) It Mm -hmm. shifts our nervous system. And, you know, when that's an act of self-love. And so often we get caught up, especially when we're in a vulnerable career, we get caught up in what's not working, who doesn't like us or our work, who's leaving comments, who's not liking or liking our stuff. And it's like, when you take those steps to set up your night before, to to avoid social media before you start your day, to get 10 minutes of motivation, to have a glass of water, to step outside, that is saying... That world out there is big and scary and often unkind, but I will not contribute to that. I will start my day with self-love, with self-care, and it's not selfish. It actually, I truly, truly believe when we take care of ourselves, we make the world a better place, and that is anything but selfish because when you're well, I'm well, (laughs) and when we're well, the people we have an impact on are well and when we keep fighting for that guess what we get to have a really great impact that just ripples and that's you know the community that that i am creating
1: well i just got this new microphone and i don't want to physically drop it but i think that's kind of a mic drop with from you with what we were talking about today so <laughs> you're sweet just pretend like it dropped well, thank you. Thanks for the mic drop at the end. <laughs> um,
0: and I love what you're doing. And the last question I have is just, you know, how can people find you if they want to learn more about LP creative therapy, if they want to work with you? I know you're doing private sessions, workshops, you know, classes. So can you tell us a bit about how they can find you and maybe what you might have coming up in the near future? <gasps>
1: I can. And thank you for asking. My website is com, And so I'm sure we'll have that somewhere where to, how to spell that correctly. Everything's on there um, basically, but I do have what's called a launch coming up the first week of December. It's basically um several days in a row of providing great information from a business perspective for songwriters. And so that would be something that I think would be a great thing to, to gift yourself that time. Um, you can connect with a lot of cool people in there and get some good information. And then um, on com, you'll see all the information about the live workshops, the self-guided courses, or private sessions. So they're like one-on-one Zoom calls like this. So that's basically where to find me. And if you don't want to do any of that stuff right now, at least get on the mailing list. That'll pop up when you go to the website. Because I also do a blog called Creative Hydration. And it's it's uh maybe sometimes geared towards songwriters, but it's more about... Creative mindset things or stories, just things that creative people would like. So
0: mm. I love that. And are you on social media? You're on Instagram, right?
1: Oh, yeah. I'm on Instagram. Um, I repurpose stuff on TikTok, but Instagram is kind of the, the most comfortable social media platform for me. So I would, okay, I would lot. love it if you follow me there. I, I have. I'll post a lot of clips from some of the past workshops that I've done. Um, and I have a lot to choose from because it's over a hundred now, but I've had really incredible hit songwriters, um, successful publishers, A&R people, managers, attorneys, branding experts, marketing experts, um, just everything you can think of musicians who play on hit records. Um, I, it's pretty much when I get a group of people in one of my longer programs, I curate that class to serve them, you know? And so you're basically hearing snippets from things that served other people in different ways.
0: I love that. So lots of ways to connect with you. And I love how you're <laughs> yes. just pouring into the community. And all of, Thank you know, you. from the blog, to your classes, to your social media, you're really offering a lot of just hope. And, you know, you said at the very beginning, like, you know, you had a teacher who brought out, you know, something he saw in you. And and I do, I see you doing that. And you're doing it really well. And it's such a gift. So thank you. And thank you for being a warrior. Thank you for being part of the Work of Warriors podcast. And um, I just appreciate your time and all that you're doing in the world in the music industry.
1: Thank you. And I, I just want to add to that. You know, I could have so easily been counted out at 11 years old. And I received encouragement instead. And as we were also talking about at the first of this podcast, like this little girl who didn't have a voice ended up singing the Shaka Khan parts on higher love. So I don't count anybody out. I don't count anybody out. And if you're out there and you want to connect in any of those ways, that's what I want you to know about my platform. And thank you for having me because this was wonderful, and it just feels so positive and so needed. And I'm I'm so glad you asked me.
0: Oh, thank you so much, and I know we'll be in touch. I feel like we became fast friends. So, um, thank you again for being here.